0: you are listening to the conquering everest podcast this is episode 26. Welcome to the Conquering Everest Podcast. My name is Brian Talore, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of your day here with me. Now, I would love to interact with my listeners, and there's a few ways we can do that. You can download the Podbean Podcast app, look up Conquering Everest Podcast, and leave a comment on any episode. Or you can reach out to me via email, brian at conqueringevers.com, or you can find me on social media. The links will be in the description below. Now on today's episode, I have a conversation with Holly Goodings. Now Holly was diagnosed with an incurable disease. One that the doctors wanted to perform a life altering operation. And when I say life altering, I mean this would have been life altering. But Holly persevered through her illness. She found a way to heal. And well, today, We're gonna hear her story all right i think we're live welcome to the concrete everest podcast holly how are you
1: how are you thanks for having me
0: i'm I'm doing well i that that one minute countdown is never enough time because i i try to use that just to check and make sure everything's streaming away and it's never enough time but uh,
1: (laughs) that's okay i guess
0: it's i guess it's to be working okay yeah i think we're we're good uh the system's pretty pretty uh self-contained but so I'm um, excited to talk to you, Holly. We, we did have a conversation prior and, and we talked about a lot of different things. And and, and, I, and I really can't wait to share your story with the listeners um, and watchers. So if you're on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, feel free to comment. We should see if everything works right, we should see your comments in, in the chat uh, window. But Holly, as we get started here, before we deep dive into your story, um, maybe just introduce yourself to our listeners
1: sure so i'm holly goodings i am a woman's empowerment coach as well as a heal your life teacher through the work of louise hay um and all of that means that i empower women to be the best versions of themselves that they can be my tagline is kind of like when we when we start to heal the women we can start to heal the planet and so it all begins from within and that's sort of generally what i do in a short Mm. burn or a short yeah little thing yeah
0: <laughs> so and, and when did when did you become when did you get into the the coaching what 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 year did you because I'm looking at your timeline I'm just trying to piece it together a little bit well let's I'll tell yeah. you what let's let's start with 2011 that 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 seemed to be when your life transitioned ah yeah.
1: so Um, that's kind of 2011 is when I got the news that I had an incurable disease and I didn't actually do anything about that until about 2016 ish. Um, so in 2011, I was diagnosed with, um, diverticulosis, diverticulitis, um, is the inflamed version of that. And, um, they had said that my colon was so infected that I'd have to get removed and I'd have to carry a bag and all of that stuff. And that was back in 2011. Um, and then I didn't have any other issues again until about 2016. And then in 2016, um, that's when I was pretty much given the choice to have the colon removed. Um, that was the only choice I was given, honestly. Wow. Uh, and so I decided to just go on my own path and figure out a different way to heal that, to see what was possible anyway
0: the uh and so in 2011 when they diagnosed you with that i mean what what was your what i'm trying to i've never had too much bad news from my doctor thank god but um when you hear that and they're like hey you've got this and you've got one option and we got to remove some parts i mean what does that what was your mentality or how was your mindset before the diagnosis? And and how did it change after?
1: Um, again, like in 2011, when I was told about it, I didn't have honestly a very huge reaction other than like, initially, I was like, Oh, my goodness, I think it was like, just such shocking news that it didn't yeah. really even hit me until like 2016, when I like had a reoccurring thing happen. Um, and that's when I was like um, okay, we need to do this another way. So before that point, I was very traditionally, um, you know, minded, educated, all of that stuff. I I thought that, um, you had to do whatever you were told you had to do. And Mm. if the doctor said there was no way to heal it, then there was no way to heal it. Right. And so I think I kind of lived from 2011 to 2016, just kind of waiting waiting until my colon had to be removed and all of that stuff it was it was not on the forefront of my mind until the 2016 when i had like another flare-up and that's when i was like okay this is this is like now or never i need to figure it out right
0: and that was like caused you like extreme pain in, in the abdomen or like would it just knock you yeah, out so
1: yeah like it's a pain yeah like down in your colon colon um and it it means that it's been infected so like it's it's little pockets in your colon and my colon was full of these little pockets like if you look at the diagnosis sheet it says can't remember what it said but it's like a term for like your entire colon is diseased like needs to be removed not even like a little part of it um they said that i could keep and so it's like when food gets stuck in there it gets infected cause it doesn't have a way of getting out. And so then you have an infection in your colon and that's what it is. So they just give you antibiotics. Um, but it's, yeah, it's super painful. Like you can't, I couldn't anyway. Like I had to crawl around when I was diagnosed. I had no oh, idea what man. was happening. Can't walk or I couldn't walk. And yeah, so generally it's, it's they use antibiotics just to kill the infection, right? But not to mm. actually
0: cure it and and remind me uh because forgive me for not not remembering but um at this time uh when when the pain started when it really started to affect you um did you have you have children that you were taking care of at that time too or
1: in 2016 uh yes i did i had two okay so both kids were born
0: by then. and how how did what what was there did that like scare them uh, or or did they just kind of go with the flow did you put on a strong strong front that's kind of what I do with my kids I try to put on a strong front until I can't
1: <laughs> yeah i think when i was crawling around the house and i was like really scared and like went into emergency um yeah. my friend luckily was there with me and i think she actually kind of like um like took them to the room but yeah i remember crawling up the stairs and being like I'm okay. This is fine. don't worry, because they were really little. Like, my youngest would have not have been one yet. So, yeah, yeah.
0: So they couldn't. They didn't quite process it fully. at at that time. So I guess that that's kind of good. That you know, for them, that they you know, um, they didn't quite understand what was going on. Uh, But the doctors, doctors told you, hey, we gotta, we gotta remove this. Um, That would have left you with a. Uh, a, a colostomy bag, I'm assuming is, is cause uh, they removed yeah. that part. It kinda um, but you said, no, you said, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And what, what was, so, um,
1: yeah, in 2016, when it happened again and I had gotten, um, you know, the antibiotics and all of that stuff. And that was when I was pretty much, and I was diagnosed through like, like a barium enema, um, And I had gone through all of that stuff like for testing purposes and I just the testing purposes, I like, I hated it all. Um, and so then when it happened again in 2016, something just, it's like a switch just went off in my head and I was like, this is not going to happen to me. I'm not getting my colon removed and I'm going to find another way. And so the very first thing I did at the time was actually just take myself to like a, like, I think it was an eight day or 10 day, um, full like detox raw food retreat thing. So um, it started as a detox and then they gradually introduced like raw foods back in, but it was like a whole mind, body, spirit place. So Mm. included in the eating was also, and the detox was also, you know, uh, meditation and we were right by the ocean. And so we had like fires and there was acupuncture and massage, journaling, therapy, all of that stuff was with that. And so that's where I started um, trying to heal it on my own. Mm-hmm. And then the more I, the more I did that, um, the more determined I was to. Because I, I started reading stories of other people that have healed from
0: healed so them.
1: many different things, right? Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, this was a personal decision of yours. You're not a medical doctor you 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 were a patient you you were doing what you felt was best for you um yeah. so i just i just want to throw that out there so nobody yeah. thinks that uh, we're a couple of experts that that are that are uh, uh given advice this this is yeah. this is your story um yeah so tell us what was t- maybe go in a little bit of detail about the retreat uh what was that what how long what, you know you meditation you ate right did What all went on? Because I know there's been a couple times where I've looked at, there's a retreat that I'd like to go on, but it's out of country. So I got to kind of wait for COVID, but I don't know what to expect. I've never been on one. So what was that? Yeah. That whole.
1: I didn't know what to expect either. And I honestly think they don't tell you what to expect for a reason, because I Uh, think if you knew what to expect, you wouldn't go. So that's (laughs) like, no, because the things that were involved in that were, I mean, it's intense when you're coming from a traditional, standard American-Canadian diet, right? Yeah. Because um, I'm Canadian, so I have to say Canadian. But, yeah. um, and I was part of the standard, that, like that standard diet. I ate a lot of s- stuff, the packaged foods and all of that stuff, right? Um. Mm-hmm. So when you go there and they start you on a cleanse, the cleanse is, um, like, it's really intense. It's... Mm you have to drink like um a liter of salt water within i think a 20 minute time frame
0: well that clears. clear and
1: then yeah (laughs) and there's like 40 of you or 20 of you or something i can't remember how many people were there but and And one
0: bathroom right yeah
1: six (laughs) well like six stalls or something or maybe four maybe four stalls and like you don't get to know somebody well, enough until you go on a retreat like that, yeah. let me tell you. Because when you're in the bathroom with like four other ladies all the time, you're just chatting because, like, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Right. um So that was part of it. And then there was also, you know, other things to just kind of help you detox and all of that stuff. But that was the worst right. part of it for sure.
0: Yeah. And did, when you guys did the meditation, um, was it? like a guided meditation did they just send you off into the forest and hope you would return or
1: no we did some of that though too they used to do like got like walks so they would take us Mm. on walks um in different areas and they would have like different levels because some people obviously reacted to the detox um far more strongly than other people right um so some people couldn't walk very far Um, so they so they would do that, but they would take us on like outdoor medications and or meditations. And then they also had like a labyrinth outside of the hotel that we were staying in. So I don't know if you know what a labyrinth is, but it's kind of like a walking meditation where you kind of go in a circle um, until you get to the middle. And it's kind of like a ceremonial thing, and then you walk back out. And so that's kind of a meditation. And then we would just do some stuff outside because it was in BC, so we were right on the ocean. Um, oh, nice. and then just like encouraged to do stuff on our own too. Right. There was a lot of downtime just by ourselves, right. which was nice too, because you're going through, you know, you're not your best self. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of
1: crank cranky people, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially when you had drink the salt water and then you can't yeah. eat the food you want to eat. Cause I'm sitting here as a big guy, I'm sitting here like, Oh yeah, yeah man, I don't know. But, um, did they, did you do any uh, did you do any journaling? Did they encourage that um, time? I I guess where I am getting at is whether it was meditation or journaling. Um, what did you discover about yourself, uh, if anything, during that time, or you know what what was your, what came to your 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 or what arose in your awareness that maybe wasn't there before? I
1: think the biggest thing for me was, um, one of the therapy sessions I did, it was called a heart opening, um, therapy session with like a psychologist and it kind of brought up, um, a lot of childhood wounding and stuff Mm. that was still present within my body and stuff. Um, and now that I teach Louise Hay's work, I understand the connection between health and body and stuck things and all of that stuff right but at the time i didn't really um so she kind of introduced me a little bit to to that whole thing and then found some of that stuck stuff that i had like never really even thought about um for years like i was just keeping it down and hiding it whatever right so i would say that that was probably the most um it made me after that session it made me really look further into the mind body spirit connection um and how healing happens through that more so than any anything
0: else yeah i i i totally agree that's the mind body spirit connection if if one is out of whack then the wheel is wobbly you know it's it's yeah. never going to never going to roll smooth um can we dig down a little bit into your Childhood, or what you discovered, or is that off limits?
1: No, for sure. Um, I think in that, in I, I'm trying to like remember into like what exactly came up for me at that time. But I've always had um, like my childhood was pretty like abusive, traumatic, neglectful, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. And so I think it was more just the connection that like I remembered some of the things that happened. Oh, one of the things that happened actually was that, um, like when I was younger, sometimes, um, to get me to be quiet or whatever, my mom would try to like smother me with something Mm. and like to the point where I could no longer breathe. So I would kind of like pass out and that was not actually a memory that I had until Mm -hmm. she brought that out of me. Um, and then the acupuncturist person that was there also kind of helped um, guide that a little bit further to heal it right but it was just yeah. kind of one of those memories that I had that was like oh my god I totally forgot that that happened to me
0: <laughs> and, it, and it's probably all these years it's been shaping different thoughts you know just that the trauma of that even though yeah it, you may not make that link right away I mean it yeah it, it's like a pushing a snowball down a hill right and it's just going to gain you know get bigger and bigger yeah. and gain steam and
1: and it's um, the mentality that I took from from just that, right? Like, yeah. uh, like even after I realized that, it's like, this is why I feel I can't speak up for myself. This is why I can't speak my truth. It's why I have to be quiet and not loud. And like all of these things all connected to that, like one piece, right? right. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty great
0: Pro- to be able to- it- yeah, I'd say it's probably a good good a good thing that that, that that voice came in and spoke out when it came to following the doctor or down your own path because I mean if if you would have yeah. just just say, Okay, I, I can't you know I my opinion doesn't matter and yeah. next thing you know you're under you know, you're getting surgery and life yeah. is different forever. Yeah, Uh, And I think that was
1: the biggest piece in getting me to advocate for myself later on down the road, right? I was like, I need to be my own advocate. Nobody else is going to advocate for me except for me. So I need to do that for myself. And that really helped me get there. So yeah, yeah, you had a good point there.
0: You you mentioned acupuncture um, as part of the retreat. Is that something that you've continued on since? Or was it just kind of a one-time deal No, i just asked
1: i have um even to this day i have an entire team behind me and i believe that anytime you're trying to heal even if you're doing it the traditional medical way you need to have a team behind you that supports you and believes in you and that's I mean, there's a lot of doctors and professionals that I had to fire along the way because they didn't believe that I could heal. And I was like, that's fine and that's okay, but like, I need somebody that does. And so I ended up finding a, a, a colon doctor uh, guy um, in BC that, that did. And so that was my doctor. But on top of that, I also had... Um, tons of different people around me. So massage therapists, acupuncture, um, energy healers, uh, Reiki, um, Mm -hmm. things like that. And then meditation journaling was a big thing for me, art therapy. So it's not just a one thing fixes all type thing, or it wasn't for me anyways, right? Everybody has their own journey, Um, but yeah. So it's still something I continue to this day.
0: I think you know, and you mentioned having a team behind you and I think anytime you're trying to accomplish anything in life, um, mind, body, or spirit, yeah. having those people in your corner makes a, a big difference. And that was something that I didn't realize until I got older and, and I started, um, working out with, uh, like kickboxers and boxers and I started training. I, I mean, by this point I, I didn't have any aspirations of, um, going pro or anything like that. But the support and the love that that yeah. you get in that environment is just so uplifting. You asked me to go to the gym and and, and, and walk 30 minutes on the treadmill. I'm going to fight tooth and nail. But you asked me to go to the gym and work out with a bunch of cool people that really are there yeah. to, to help you. Yeah, I'll be there in a second. Yeah, um,
1: and I so think that's actually a key piece is because there's that quote, and I don't know who says it, but it's, you become like the top five people you surround yeah. yourself with, right? And and so many of us, when we're going through this journey, the people that we are surrounding ourselves with can't support us in the way that we need to be supportive. And this is why it's so important to create a team. You have a coach, have a therapist, whatever you need. Yeah. Um, but you need to make sure that those top f- five people are people that are going to like, you know, celebrate you and support you and help yeah. you reach your goals and not just help you sit back and not do anything. Right. Um, right. yeah, it's a big, big, it's a big deal.
0: And it, yeah, that I've heard that, uh, and I, and I live by it, um, still yeah. today it's, uh, and it's been attributed to a lot of different people. So who knows who first said it, but whoever first, first said it was a genius because that is Let's so true. Let's say it was us. It was yeah. It was you, Holly. It
1: was Holly a, yeah, yeah. It was you.
0: It's, I'm gonna attribute it <laughs> yeah. to you. Uh, you yeah. just all you gotta do is put it on a on a on a on a meme with your name, and you're yeah exactly. Share that out, and it's all you. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, the now I lost my play. I'm just ooh. But Sorry. no, the top five. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> I've uh, I've seen that in in so many people's lives. In my own life, I've seen other people. When I was young, I got rebellious. And, you know, there was a period of about three years that that I was a wild child and got into some trouble. And when I look at the people I was hanging around with, that's what they did. Um, So, yeah, that's so, so true. So when did you. So in 2011, you were diagnosed. 2016, the pain became unbearable. The doctors wanted to remove parts. And you said, no you went to you, you were looking for a holistic way um trying it sounds like you, you you various things massage reiki all that when did you feel like when did you turn the corner because you're here today and yep. you're talking and you don't seem like in so, pain so
1: 2018 so from 2000 to 16 2016 to 2018 i worked um with all of those people including my colon doctor guy um who is amazing by the way he was great um and i remember having conversations with him even about he's you know nobody's ever healed from this we don't have any um any you know mystics or whatever right right and I remember telling him, well, you don't have statistics because the way that you're telling people to heal it is to have their colon removed. You're giving them no other <laughs> options. So yeah. they're either getting their colon removed or they're going their own way and they're not coming back to tell you that. So like the statistics aren't accurate, right? Um, and so then from 2016, I really worked on my mind, body, spirit, spirit connection. So I actually moved to a small island in BC. Um, to just like be by the ocean to do the healing. I followed the wrong diet for the full time. Um, and then I really connected with Louise Hay's work and I did a lot of her stuff. I did a lot of meditation and journaling and then working with all of those healers. And then in 2018, I, um, decided along with my doctor that we would do a colonoscopy just to see where we were at. Cause he wasn't so sure. Um, right. but I was sure at that point I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like I have a feeling yeah. that it is either remarkably better or gone. Like I just felt that. Um, and so he did the colonoscopy and I, even that I did completely not traditionally. I, I refused to take the anesthetic. I took meditations with me. Um, I didn't follow like the, the proper food and, you know, medicine that you're supposed to take to clear your colon or any of that. I did it all my own way. And this right. is what was great about my doctor is he was like, you know what, Holly, like you can do it any way you want, but if you come in here and we do the colonoscopy and it's not empty, you got to do it all over again. And that's going to be a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's all he ever said to me. He's like, but do it however you want. And so I did it my own way and I went in and it was fine. And there was even a point where like, it got a little bit painful and the anesthesiologist was like, please just let me give you the anesthetic. And I was like, no. Um, and it was my doctor that actually advocated me at that moment. And he was like, you said you didn't want it or she said she didn't want it. So let's just try to reposition her and see if that works first. And it did. So this is why mm. it's important to have your doctors on your side or your healers yeah. or whatever you're using, right? Um, Cause they'll advocate for you in the moment when you're at your weakest, right? Because mm-hmm. I probably would have said, sure, give it to me, because I was in so much like it hurt, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: and it was my doctor who knew I didn't want it that stood up for me. So um so yeah, it was that. And then I went and did my Louise Hay training to become a heal your life teacher after that. And that um was just another big step along the thing. And then ever since then that's just kind of been my focus um mm-hmm. to help people realize that, that they are their own experts um, yeah. and to listen to your inner voice it, yeah. um, because it knows so much more than what you're told that it knows, right? Because I have heard stories, even to this day, I don't know anybody who has healed from what I've healed from. Right. I know there's people out there and if there are, come talk to me i would love that yeah because even like my doctor um in the small island in bc she would give my name and number out to people with it um just so they could have you know somebody as an example right right um but yeah i've i mean to this day i've heard stories of like miraculous things that have been cured like one lady had two weeks to live from terminal cancer and she turned it around and it's all Hmm. mind body spirit food connection, right, what you're putting into your body. Um, Yeah, it's just amazing to to just meet these people that have done it, right. And just know you've got, you're so much more capable sometimes than what you're led to believe,
0: right? Oh, yeah. And I think that's why meditation is so important is to get rid of the external world and just connect with yourself. And you know, there's days you wake up and your body says, nope, I'm, I I want to rest, you know, rest. And then that you don't have to worry about. Absolutely. Don't feel like you're having an unproductive day because yes, the next day is going to be super productive. At least that's been my yeah. experience. That now, is the I,
1: experience. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. Now I have, I have my notes here and, and I'm, I'm notorious for chicken scratch. So, and I, you'd think by now I would get uh, would take uh, cleaner notes because every time I'm like, "What was I writing?" But <laughs> I have here. So you you've got 2018. You, you felt healed from the the colon um, disease, and I I don't even know if I could pronounce it, so I'll just leave it at that. But yeah. um, but then the universe was kind of like, "Wait, there's more, right?" Yeah. Did, yeah. So what was yes. what, what what was your bonus <laughs> round?
1: My bonus round for that was was going and doing my Louise Hay teacher training and then mm-hmm. going and doing um, a couple of different coaching programs because I knew that so many people out there needed to know that there was other people that healed, but also just to know the strength that they have within because mm-hmm. I don't think we're raised in a society right now where we're taught that all of our answers are are we've got them like we were born with them we were born with that inner voice for a reason and for so long we are pushed away from listening to it and and told to listen to all of these other people whoever they are right Mm -hmm. um and so that was it was like a pivotal moment for me to be like we need to teach people this like even if it can help one person like I'm good, right? Because mm-hmm. if you can help one person from from not going and getting like a surgery, maybe that they may don't need, and I'm not advocating to, 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 like, I'll just say that right now, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, if you need it, you need it. And that's fine. Personal source. Um Yeah, totally. It's just my story. <laughs> um, but sometimes surgeries have come, a, come with a whole lot more risks. And even my doctor will tell you this than just changing up your mind spot, body, spirit, food connection. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but some people just don't want to do it or for whatever reason. And then the surgery is the only option or they're, you know, they need the surgery obviously. Um, but yeah, I think it's just that that was, that was my purpose was to help lead other people into their inner wisdom.
0: Was, was food an addiction for you? Um, I I, wrote, I have written down here family history of addiction, so it sounds like you know. And I think when we talked, you, had, you there were some current concerns about medications and different things like that because of that. But was and I don't know if 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 it was caused from the foods and everything that you were eating, or just an imbalance of you know a stress hormones. I, who knows how these things pop up? But what would you say you were addicted to? food at the time or
1: I would say yes. And I would say most of us are addicted to food in some way or another. It was, it, it's very often used as a reward system when we're yeah. children. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I always go back to remembering, like even, you know, I would bring my, I don't do this anymore, but when I was first a mom, I would bring my kids to McDonald's, you know, cause they got the play area or whatever. And I would witness other moms like saying, you can't play. Until you finished your chicken nuggets or your French fries or whatever. And I remember even though I wasn't aware at the time, but even in the back of my mind, I was like, just thinking like, we're forcing our kids to eat this. We all know that the food's not good for us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're forcing our kids to do that before they can go and have fun before they can go play before they can listen to their inner wisdom of what they want to do right right um and it was just this kind of light bulb where i think a lot of us are food addicted um yeah i think i still probably am in some ways it's it's a way yeah. to um so the way comfort. to numb and cope
0: yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely i'm an emotional eater <sighs> Um, for for sure. And unfortunately all emotions I like to eat happy, sad, mad, (laughs) glad, whatever. Hey, let's, let's break it, break out. I, I I'm better than I was, but
1: yeah. And that's the thing, right? When we start healing these parts of ourselves and our childhood wounding, then we can start healing those parts too, right? Those addictive patterns of how we handle stress, which for a lot of us was eating or whatever. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, during that whole journey, I lost, you know, 80 pounds, and I don't really mention that to a lot of people, because that's not the focus for me. Right. But it becomes the focus for a lot of people. Um, and so I'm careful about that. But, um, and that was just because I loved myself. Honestly, yeah. it was because I wasn't allowing myself to do that kind of stuff anymore. Right. So um, yeah.
0: T- tell us a little bit about the 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 anxiety. You wrote a book, right? About anxiety. So let's I I wrote down in my notes, nervous system shutdown. Uh, So what what was that like?
1: So that's something I went uh, through. As soon as all of this uh, healed itself, then my body kind of went through like a nervous system. (laughs) Yeah, break breakdown, complete breakdown. Yeah. Um, and so that was pretty scary because I had uh, up until that. I had been so much work. I had moved. I had like right. changed my diet. I had done all of this stuff. And yet here I was, um, experiencing something I've never experienced before. Right. And again, I had tests done and they could never find anything, but essentially yeah. it just like, it just like one day, within a four hour period, my, my body just shut down. I couldn't get out of bed for like eight days straight. I thought I was going to die. Um, my heart was racing. Um, yeah, I just like, I couldn't, I got dizzy. I had like vertigo. There was just all of this stuff happening at the same time. Right. And, um, yeah. And then that took a while to heal from too, but I've come to the realization with that, that that's, after all of that stuff that i did and because of my family history of like the only time we can do well or or have people love us is when we're in a state of sickness this is something mm. that runs in my family it's a belief that runs in my family which i've now become aware of um, so it was call kind that of a, i was
0: would you call that a like a victim mentality or is um, it not
1: yeah i think if you realize it it's a victim mentality right like i think a victim mentality is when you realize it and you're still using it as a reason to not heal um i didn't have the knowledge of that at all until this all happened and it was kind of a realization of like i was doing so good and my body was like wait how are we gonna get the love where are we gonna feel worthy now and so it just like completely shut down again right and so that was a great awareness. That's like, I think everything we go through brings lessons. Oh yeah. yeah. And the whole, the whole point is to learn those lessons, right. Or recognize them. And that's the first step and nobody's ever going to get there. Where there is, we're constantly a work in progress. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was my experience with that. And then same thing. I took myself away um, to a healing center and, um, for three weeks
0: and you were studying, you were, you were studying the, um, through Louise Hayes at that time. Right. I mean, you were kind of already putting those wheels in motion.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I say it comes back to like, you you were so often seeking love from something or someone else and we need to get it from us. And so taking myself away was such a, cause I had young kids. I like, I could have made all the excuses in the book for not being able to go and it was expensive and all of this stuff. Right. Um, but I made a way out of no way because I, I knew from all of the work that I had done, this was a great opportunity for me to show up for myself. right? Right. And that's what it's all about is finding that within us instead of seeking it from other people. Um, and as soon as I made that choice, you know, the healing began because I wasn't seeking worthiness or love from anybody else. I knew that I could get it from myself. Right. And obviously that wasn't an overnight thing yeah. and it's still something I work on. Right.
0: So, oh, yeah. let um, would yeah. say that's kind of where the spirit aspect kicks in a little bit. Um, spirit mind, because it's, it's kind of a, I think your spirit and your mind are always your conscious mind are always at odds with each other right because your conscious mind is trying to justify like you said well i can't go to this retreat it's too expensive yeah but if but your spirit if your spirit could talk and say yeah it's expensive but you're either going to pay now or you're going to pay later (laughs) and paying later might not be what you want to do because you know who knows you end up hospital in a hospital or whatever um, yeah. I know my own battles with anxiety and depression, you know, it it came on. And it hit really, really hard for about a little over, well, almost probably two years. Um, And then once I, you know, once I consciously made the decision, okay, I'm not going to, I've got to figure this out. I can't keep living like this. You know, I was able to take the steps and then almost yeah. overnight, you know, it, it I went from depressed and missing, you know, missing out on, uh, on life to, it was like I was reborn. I'm like, Hey, I, I don't have time to sit. I gotta go. You know, I've got so much to do. So. Yeah. Um,
1: and that's such a key point that you mentioned, cause sometimes it, it can be that quick for people. As soon yeah. as we switch the narrative in our head and the stories and the, the, the victim mentality, and we can't do better and all of that stuff. As soon as we switch that around, sometimes it feels like a miraculous yeah. Healing takes place, but really it's, it's your mind, body, spirit. That's like now connected, right? Like you've yeah. done it. So
0: and everybody's I, and got I know their own timeline. There'll be people out there who says, Hey, that's not, you know, depression. It's a chemical imbalance. And I, Hey, I'm not taking that. Uh, yes, it, it yeah. is. It, it's a lot of different things, but. There does. I mean, I truly, with all of my being, believe no matter how difficult the circumstances in, in a, one's life, we have the power mentally, physically, and spiritually to change that. Like you said, change yeah. the narrative. And I think what what really where I found I think where that came to really came to light for me is while I was in the thick of dealing with depression, I said, okay, I gotta get out of house, I gotta do something. Um, so I, I volunteered at a soup kitchen and, Mm. and I would get an opportunity at lunchtime to talk to all these folks that are either, um, living on the streets or living in, you know, very poor conditions and they would be laughing and joking and having a good time. And I'm like, how, you know, here I'm living in a, you know, home, I've got a job, I've got all this stuff going on and I, and I'm just, you know. In, in a bad mood, and and here you are living on the streets, coming to to yeah. a soup kitchen to get your meal, and you are just—they were so positive, and not all of them, but most of them, and and I, you know, it's just, just, you know, your your circumstance, your mind can definitely, definitely has a has a lot to do with with your attitude, and I think once you get yeah. that straight, anything is possible
1: and i think so sometimes t- we're chasing something we're chasing the joneses and we're trying to and it's just putting stress on our body and that's what the even depression they say it, it, it's deep rest depressed right. is deep rest right and like our body is just craving deep rest to stop the hamster yeah. wheel and trying to do all of this and all of this and all of this right right and i have a background in social work so i worked with people just like you're talking about like they through horrendous things in their life And somehow they came out of it. And like most of us think that we could never go through something like that and get out of it, right? Um, But yeah, it's just sometimes it's just we're trying to be too fast and achieve too much when really all we need is to rest.
0: Yeah, And there's a lot of layers to it. Like you said, it's we are in a constant state of evolving. Um, Yeah throughout our lives our time here on, on earth, right? We're, we're, you're never going to be a hundred percent. Um, no. <laughs> coaches need coaching too, and, and therapy yep. and different things, depending on different waves of life. But let's talk a little bit about your book. So you wrote the book, um, it, it, the only way out is through, and it's like a, a, a toolbox for anxiety, free living. Um, let's talk days, a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, we we so, know what prompted it, but, you know, what could somebody <laughs> expect by reading that book?
1: So that book, it gives you 30 days worth of new tools that you can put into your toolbox for when you're going through anxiety or even depression. A lot of people have used it for depression as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just things that have worked for me or research that I have done that has worked for others or whatever it is. And it just kind of gives you that support to give you something new to do every day. And, And it's Take what you want, leave what you want. I'm not a big believer that you need to follow my steps and this is the way to do it. It's, there's 30 things, do five of them every day, you know, like do whatever don't, that's why there's 30. So you can pick and choose. Um, and there's actually i actually have an online course that goes with that book as well if people want extra support um because like you were saying before sometimes you just need that person in your life that you know is there to support you and that's you can check in with and that's going to hold you accountable right um so so yeah there's an online course for that too where you get the book for free um otherwise it's on amazon just What's, as a
0: Go ahead and let's go ahead and promote that site because I think that'd be beneficial to folks. Um, I, I'll make sure I include all the links in in the description, especially when this gets uploaded into the podcast format. But um, do you have any links that you'd like to share out, uh, people? If you know, it's probably going to be somebody saying, yeah. "Hey, I want to learn more."
1: So if you go to innershift.ca, n n e r s h i f t.ca. Everything is on there. So all my courses, a link to the book, who I am, coaching, everything is on that site. And then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram um, under Instagram's Inner Shift Coaching. And Facebook's just Inner Shift, I believe. So,
0: so I'm going to give something a try here just to see if this will oh, work. Let me share my screen. We'll share the. Yeah, well, this probably is not going to work because I have multiples. I was going to try to pull up the page so they can look at it, but uh, like I oh. said, I'll make sure I have the um, I have the the links in the description below. But yep, yeah, it's got your it's got an email, um, a nice bamboo water fountain image there. So check it out. It brings it, you it, peace. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> definitely. Um, Did you ever see yourself, I mean, if you could, if if you think back to 2011, when everything started going, um, going down for you, did you ever imagine yourself writing a book? Or is that like, was that like, surprise? You've got, you're an author. No,
1: I did not ever imagine myself writing a book. Although when I think back on it now, when I was a child, I used to like to write. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But there's no way that I would have thought that I would have been an author. No. Um, yeah. But when something comes to you, you just want to share it and help as many people as you can, right?
0: And a lot, and and that's common theme that I've had with a lot of folks that I've had conversations with. And they're like, you know, hey, uh, I never thought I was going to write a book, but I had to after I went through fill in the blank. And, and that's something I always tell people um you got a story you got to tell it you got to share it in book podcast i yeah. don't care whatever it's there's so much power in a story and, yeah. and, and you know i'm sure millions of people are going to watch this this video on youtube no doubt in my mind at least a million and and maybe maybe 12 resonate well that's you know hey like you said earlier just that one you got to find that one person that needed to hear your story that's going to change their life and who knows yeah. that person could be the next major influencer online and shift a whole lot of lives. So
1: exactly. Yeah. And that's my belief. Like whether you believe in God or spirit or creator or whatever, everybody comes into your life for some sort of purpose. And if it is just one person, that person may be exactly what you said, right? It was exactly meant for that one person. And that's why the gift was given to you in the first place. So, right. Yeah. Let's
0: Let's talk a little bit about your coaching. Is it, is, um, do you have, Uh, information on your website about the coaching or is that let's talk a little bit about that I mean
1: sure so like I said at the start I'm a woman's empowerment coach so I help women women get um, get more clear on what their purpose is in the world and also just learn how to heal and let go of things that they're just holding on to so that they can live their best life in the world and be present in the world in the way that they're they were born to be right and so right. we do a lot of healing work Our, we do a lot of inner child work we do a lot of healing work um, we do a lot of celebration of self a lot of self care um that sort of thing and so there's just there's different packages you can do 3 months or 4 months or a 6 month VIP package so those are the different options for that
0: and is that um, available anybody remote uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep.
1: Um, and we, we we just we talk like through Marco Polo. So you, that's like a one hour coaching call every week. And then also mm-hmm. if you need support, there's a Marco Polo app that uh, we can talk through as well. Just because sometimes we don't have those people in our lives that celebrate us and yeah. you need to share with somebody and you need to you need somebody that's going to hold you accountable and check in, right? Did you yep. finish that thing that you wanted to do or whatever? Right. And so, hiring a coach has been life changing in my own life. And I highly recommend it to so many people because sometimes that's oh, yeah. sometimes it's just the accountability and your whole life changes. Right. Um, yep. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's um, coaching makes a, a world of difference because it's funny how the human mind works because you may hear something a hundred times. And then yep. one certain person says the exact same thing that you've heard a hundred times, and it finally the light goes off, and you're like, "Oh, okay, uh, uh, you know." And and that's totally. happened to me on a couple of occasions to where it's like, "Okay, I just I just needed to hear it from you." I, I, apparently, everybody yeah. else who cares, but you <laughs> you you finally broke through my stubbornness, and yeah, uh, it, it got me so. Um, yeah, so the book's available on Amazon.com, your website. We're going to make sure we have that available for everybody. And, you know, as we as we approach the, the end of our time together, I guess I'll throw one last question out. Um, like I said, I don't like to script too many questions. Uh, usually the first question and the last question are the only ones that I have scripted. And so I'll say, and this is an open-ended question, do you have any parting words of wisdom for the folks that are tuning in mm-hmm. to this live or even to the podcast um, that'll, that'll be up after the fact. If you could. I
1: I think the biggest thing that I would leave people with is to start listening to that inner voice. Um, one, a, a tool that you can use that has worked for me that I actually learned um, from an author named Sark, S-A-R-K. I don't know if you've heard of her, um, mm. but she, she calls it like listening to your inner what does she call it your inner wise self and so it's journaling and it's like whatever's coming up for you you dear inner wise self um um, why am i feeling this way or whatever and then you know love holly and then you and then you like sit in like meditation for a couple minutes and then you write you know dearest holly and the way that you recognize whether it's her ego is because she will respond in like a sweet Uh, loving way. Whereas your ego is just like, you know, you know how your ego responds versus like your, your, your biggest wisest self. Right. And that Mm -hmm. has been like one of the biggest things to, to, to retrain myself, how to listen to that inner voice is by writing it down on paper and asking it questions and letting it answer. Um, and then also trust, trust that you are the expert of your own life, your own body, your own mind um, n- nobody else can be the expert of you, um, except for you. So,
0: yeah. Okay. So I lied. There's going to be one more question because just something <laughs> that you said there resonated. Um, and it's, and I haven't shared this out with anyone else. So, you know, breaking, uh, just there, you're going to hear it here first, but, uh, so I do meditate and that's, that's an important uh, i'm not super disciplined at it but i'm i'm getting better and more disciplined at it uh but but one day uh you know as i'm 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 sitting i'm getting quiet i'm i'm just letting i'm just being present in the moment so i had this i don't know if you want to call it a vision or what but it I, I saw the entire world, uh, not just the world, but the solar system, everything, everything that we that encompasses life, I saw it as an energy, right? And, and and if you can tap into that energy, you know, you have unlimited, you 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 have the answers, it's just a matter of tapping into, tapping into a, a, a I don't even know how to explain it, just a certain um, kind of flow of energy that that finally will awaken like a vortex maybe maybe or yeah i you know it's so <laughs> it's, it, it hit me so so weird that when i when i kind of came out of this the, the meditation i'm like man that like i had a marker and i didn't have anything to write on so i just drew it on my wall i drew a picture of and you know, i'm like i could paint over it later but i, I just yeah. drew this picture but i guess i guess all that to said to to, to say do you believe like, we all have the answers we need to everything mind, body, and spirit. It's just really yeah. a matter of tapping into that invisible, like that subconscious yeah. level of existence. I, you know. Yeah, it's I yeah, think we and that's
1: all... that's some of the stuff I teach in coaching is giving you the tools. So the journaling and the journeying, even you can go yeah. through journeying sessions with yourself, right? Um, there's mm-hmm. so many other things that it's really being able to connect to that that part that we haven't connected to some of us for ever. <laughs> right? Probably since yeah. we're a baby. So I love that you drew on your wall. I think that's fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I got to. I gotta write it. I or I was gonna forget. It's like a dream, you know. If you wake up and you don't like write yeah. it down right away, you kind of forget it. So, uh, and, and and it and it still doesn't make total sense to me. It's just it. It was something that happened in the moment yeah. of of And Sometimes you're and, only
1: given little pieces at a time,
0: yeah.
1: and just trusting that every piece will come right.
0: But if you believe, you know, they you know believe the fact that we don't use, we can't or haven't tapped into all of our. Um, all of uh, being able to use our mind at, at 100% capacity. But if you think about yeah. it from a, from a kid, you get these little nuggets as you grow up, the the whether you're, you know, maybe you had an abusive, toxic, you know, relationship or, or family situation. Well, your mind is gonna store bits and pieces of that good and bad. It's gonna store the yeah. truth and the lies. And, and then that happens all throughout a life. But once you can finally just learn, and it takes time and it takes patience, but once you kind of learn to push out the external noise, yeah. those pieces start to unravel and reveal themselves. But anyways, yeah. that's, you know, that's it's something on my wall right now. I haven't painted over it yet. I, I, I'm i hoping I'm hoping that sometime in meditation it's going to give me the second piece of it so I can put it right. together. But, uh, yeah. you know, I'll take what I can get when it gives it to me. So.
1: Yeah. Well, Holly, it's, that's awesome. it's been
0: a pleasure having you on on the show, and um, it, it, your story is is inspirational. I mean, I can't imagine what the pain felt like. I, I, I complain when I get a sore back. I can't imagine if my if my in, in, intestines or the colon. Um, but but you came back from that. You 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 dealt with an anxiety anxiety, and, and you've created this book and you're coaching and you're making a difference in this world. I always end every, every one of my podcasts with aim high, be courageous and do amazing things. And I think you're doing amazing things. So I appreciate you being on the show and sharing that with us.
1: Right back at you. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Well, hang tight. I'm going to have, we're going to have a conversation offline, but I'm going to go ahead and end the stream and uh, we'll talk in just a minute. Sounds good. And there you go. There you have it. My conversation with Holly Gooding. She is truly an inspiration, Holly. If you're listening, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, to all the listeners out there, make sure you go check out Holly's website, check out her social media, and connect with her. If you feel like, um, you know, if you feel like she's she's someone that can truly relate to where you are in in your life. So with that I just want to say thank you again for for choosing to spend uh, you know the last hour or so listening to this podcast. I truly 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 appreciate it. I do this for you. I do this for the listeners and in, in the hopes that w- the stories that are told here will inspire, will motivate and uh, hopefully will change a life. So until next time, Aim high, be courageous, and go do amazing things.